Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And Bab is a sports reporter for the Washington Post. He recently wrote a story about Kobe Bryant with Kobe Bryant. And he joins us on the air now. Kent, uh, sad times in the world of sports. And I know that Kobe Bryant recently meant something personal to you as you formed somewhat of a relationship with him in, in writing a piece about him. Can you explain to our audience exactly what that experience was like for you and, and, and what all you did in getting to know Kobe Bryant? Sure, and thanks for having me on. Um, I spent sort of off and on uh, parts of four months uh, with Kobe. This would have been in summer and fall 2018 for a story that published in November 2018. I, I believe it was the last Profile, major profile that Kobe participated in. I could be wrong about that, but my experience was he's by far the most intelligent athlete or former athlete I've ever been around. That may even include non-athletes. He's just an incredibly bright guy. Um, you know, something that's obviously noteworthy for the last 28 hours is that the opening scene of my profile occurred on a helicopter. You know, and I rode with him from Orange County, which is near where he lives to um, downtown LA and it's just something he did I mean he for for one he just thought that riding in a helicopter around was badass and also it was you know an extremely efficient way to get around LA uh, and, and avoid LA traffic I mean he he's really he was really great at sort of justifying some of his preferences and, and sort of the way he saw the world sometimes and you know sometimes it was rooted in logic I mean six foot six it's hard to sit in a car for an hour, hour and a half on the way to a Laker game. And so he just sort of got into the habit of getting on a helicopter and taking it 15 minutes and landing right outside the arena and going to work. And then he'd take it back home. And so, yeah, he and I, uh, quite notably and eerily, uh, now, uh, spent, you know, two 15 minute there and back rides, uh, from Orange County to LA. And, uh, that would have been in September, 2018, and, and I'm pretty sure, I, I don't know this, but I'm pretty sure that was the same helicopter that went down. So you can imagine some of what's been going through my mind the last little while. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that sort of could have been me um, mentality or the, the, you know, the survivor's guilt that I think a, a lot of people that are close to him or have spent time with him recently would feel after uh, after something like this. Were you, when on the helicopter, were you near the area that, that he eventually crashed in that in calbasa california not really so he lives about an hour drive south of downtown los angeles and we were going to an event uh, at the lakers facility which is more or less where lax is or near that uh and i think it's van nuys which is kind of mm. it's not downtown la is crazy but like um it's not downtown but where the crash happened was considerably far north it's, it's near malibu and Pasadena and things like that, kind of like north of the Hollywood Hills, sort of. So if you're looking at a map of L.A., that was almost the northernmost point, and he lives on kind of what is the southernmost point. So we didn't go quite that far north, in other words. Calabasas is the uh, city that right. I was trying to mention there. Uh, so your your encounter with Kobe, as far as the person, the the individual, I think uh, you know our listeners and, and us in the sports media are always intrigued to know what that individual was like on a personal level, 
what the conversations were like, what did you talk about when it wasn't about business, what was Kobe Bryant like when it wasn't a conversation about basketball? Yeah, and, and honestly, he didn't want to talk about basketball. He wanted to talk about the stories that he had in his mind. I mean, honestly, he and I talked mostly about nerd stuff. I mean, I'm a big movie fan. He's a big movie fan. He, you know, I have a saying at the bar with my friends, and I say, all right, top five movies, go. And I said the same thing to him, and he made fun of me. Um, but he's, he told me, you know, we would debate Star Wars, and he would quote the big Lebowski, and I'm a huge Lebowski guy, and he can quote Lebowski with the best of them. And he had opinions, strong opinions, on what would become Avengers Endgame. I mean, like, he, he loves Harry Potter and would quote that kind of endlessly. And, you know, that's kind of what we talked about. I mean, he had three daughters at the time, and a fourth was on the way, and I had a one-year-old daughter, now two and a half. And so, I mean, honestly, in this, I just finished writing the story for the Washington Post. You know, my experience just being a daddy of daughters along with Kobe. I mean, he gave me parenting advice. And, you know, I mean, I had a one-year-old, which is kind of an awkward age, like they all are, I guess. But, you know, he was trying to encourage me that even the, the bad stuff, the frustrating stuff, ends. And so, like, you really need to try to appreciate that. And I thought that was good advice. And honestly, I mean, in those moments, he wasn't the Black Mamba. He wasn't one of the great basketball players and athletes of all time. He was like the guy that lives across the street from you, you know, giving you unsolicited parenting advice. I mean, it, it was strange, and sometimes I had to remind myself who I was talking to. But, I mean, we never talked about greatness or, you know, like who he is and how much money he's got. He wanted to talk about Luke Skywalker, and, and I was perfectly fine with that. You know, I think that surprises a lot of people. It surprises me a little bit in hearing this about Kobe Bryant because I always pictured him as that sort of... It feels like Michael Jordan has never fully been able to detach himself from Michael Jordan, the basketball legend, and if and if MJ could still play today at whatever age he's at at this point, I think he'd be out there playing because he feels like that's his identity. Kobe Bryant, it seemed like he had that same mentality when playing as Michael Jordan. Oftentimes we compared the two, and I think justly so. Yet when he retired, he so seamlessly retired. Why do you think he was able to do that when he has that same killer instinct, super athlete mentality that a guy like Michael Jordan has where MJ wasn't able to do it? So I, I've never met Michael, but they do sort of share that instinct. Just like, I am going to assassinate you. Like, I, every interaction, every conversation is a battle, and I must win that battle. I mean, like, even if it's playful. I mean, when I asked Kobe about the top five movies, you know, he, like a lot of people, struggled to fill out a top five. And I, I gave him, jokingly, the option of bailing out. And he's like, very seriously, he's like, I don't bail out. You know, just kind of one of those. And he came out with two more. And, you know, but with him... I think he realized late in his NBA career that competition is what he loved. It wasn't basketball. It was competition. It was going up against you, whatever you are, and beating your ass at it. And, like, that's kind of who he was. And he realized that, like, hey, I can maybe make a better movie than you. I can, you know, create better characters than you. I mean, honestly, like, even in our little give and take, which, you know, yes, sort of became playful after a while – I mean, there was a lot of gamesmanship. I mean, I, I never, as a profile writer, write down questions to ask. I almost never order them in a certain way. But, like, I had to ask him about Colorado, you know, the, the rape case in 2003. I had to do it because he won an Oscar at the Me Too Oscars. And, you know, I mean, it was it's part of his life. I mean, it's a huge part of his life. And I work for the Washington Post. And so, you know, I had to ask him that. And so the way I did that, 
you know, I, that was why I asked him the top five movies. And he did not include Kill Bill Volume 2, uh, which includes a character named the Black Mamba, which is he, he ripped off and would <laughs> admit to ripping off because he needed to shed his skin in the aftermath of the Colorado episode. You know, obviously the young woman who was the alleged victim in that ordeal had it much worse. But in Kobe's perspective, and this was a story about Kobe, you know, he, he wanted to move past that, that sort of, you know, what has happened? What have I done? You know, the shame or whatever, the misunderstanding, if, if that's how he saw it, of what happened in that hotel room. And, you know, he did that by creating his first character, and that was the Black Mamba. And he made the Black Mamba more famous than Uma Thurman ever did. And so um, that's how, I mean, I had to, weirdly, I had to outfox him because my opponent, if that's what it is, I mean, you ask questions for a living, same as me. Sometimes there is an art to this, as, as strange as that seems. You know, something like with with that, because I knew it was a highly sensitive subject, you know, something he's not legally supposed to talk about. I still had a responsibility to ask it in some kind of a way. And I did so by going an end around, going to, you know, take your sports analogy against Kobe Bryant. And and that's one I got him on. It got me on a couple of but that was one that I was able to get him to pass it on him. Really, really intriguing stuff. I appreciate your insight, and uh, your story is phenomenal. You can go read it yourself, WashingtonPost.com. He's Kent Babb, uh, a writer for that uh, great publication. Thank you so much, Kent. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a great one. We're going to close out tonight's broadcast uh, right uh, after this. uh, Magic Drive Time starting early tonight, and the UCF Night Talk at 6 o'clock. Our final thoughts are next. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.